Welcome to another episode of Late Night with Tamir Benelli. And today we have Michael Shalkoon. And we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship and uh, business and stuff like that. So um, to start it off, uh, well, yeah, thank you for, for joining. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks and, for having uh, me. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, so am I. And to start it off, um, why don't you uh, tell me about your current business and how it operates? Uh, yeah, so I currently run a tutoring business, like a local one in Montreal. Uh, and basically the business, what it does is it provides tutoring services to parents of the Jewish community, mostly. Um, and it's kind of, you can think of it as kind of like a matchmaking service where the parent, you know, looks for a tutor and the tu- I, I find tutors that are looking for people to, to tutor. Um, and it kind of I kind of try to find like the best matches in order for the parent and the tutor, you know, to have a good relationship and for it to be the right setting and the right fit for the kid. And, uh, you know, then I'll provide the tutor to the parent and I'll make a commission off, off the hour. Uh, and that's basically how the tutoring business runs. Mostly. Uh, we also now have like an after school program at a high school, at Bialik high school, which is cool too. But most of the, most of the tutoring business mm-hmm. is private tutoring at the moment. And were you like a tutor before and then you decided to expand or was it just uh, like a purely uh, business idea? It was actually really funny. So I, I, in high school, I was in the student leadership committee. It's like a student government. And mm-hmm. one of the initiatives that I had done was I made, basically made a list of, of people in, in my grade that were interested in tutoring for either for money or for community service hours, which is something we had to fill out like a requirement for school. Um, and I gave it to the vice principal. I said, look, like, you know, if you need tutors and a couple of people, I think were getting contacted on it because the school didn't have a way to to reach out to get tutors like tutors existed. Um, but how to, you know, to get uh, to reach out to them. There was no database or anything. Um, there was something a bit lacking there. So I, I tried to help that out. But then, you know, I left the school. I went to Sejep and that kind of fizzled out. Uh, it was done. Uh, and so what I decided to do was saying like, look, like, why don't I just make a business here? I per- personally myself would love to start tutoring. I had not tutored yet at all. Um, and I also had a couple of friends coming straight out of high school that, you know, when you're coming out of high school, your schedule is not too busy yet. Like in university, you have some free time to do part-time work, but you also can't necessarily do a full part-time job because Sejep's schedule is a bit all over the place. Um, and mm-hmm. so I thought, let me make a business. And that's kind of how, how it started was, was kind of uh, continuing off that initiative I had done in high school. Mm. So like, what do you, like when you, you did the, the thing in high school, did it actually end up going anywhere? It was only after you left that it, it started to take off. In high school, it was kind of, I just gave a, a, a this kind of database to the, to the, to the school. Mm. And I said, look, if you want tutors and nothing really came of it. And then when I okay. went to Sejep, I decided to make it my own thing. And I would sit in the library at Marinopolis, you know, like the school we went to. I, I would, I would mm-hmm. sit there for the first two weeks of school before we had any homework. And I would just I was building the website uh, and, you know, drafting the contracts and everything and getting it all prepared and contacting people who were ready to work. Even though I didn't have any clients, I was just building that. And then I kind of went to my old high school and I gave them my contact information. I said, look, if parents are looking mm-hmm. for tutors, uh, you can contact me or visit the website that had been built at that point. Uh, and then that's that's how it jump started off of there. Okay. Uh, and now is it exclusive? With, it's with Herzliya, right? Uh, no, no, it's not exclusive with Herzliya. I think we've probably serviced like students from at least like five, six different high schools. Uh, I, I'd say it's oh, mostly wow. okay. 
mostly Herzliya and Bialik, um, also the elementaries, the Jewish elementaries as well. Some non-Jewish students, some non-Jewish tutors uh, as well, you know. Um, but uh, a lot of the initial clients came from Herzliya just because, like, the teachers knew me there, the school knew me there, and I was, uh, I gave them, you know, a way to to kind of give their tutoring needs to a third party instead of having to deal with it themselves. Um, so it was, it worked really well at the beginning from there. Mm, and that's cool. Cause it, it's really hard to these days, right. To get schools to, to actually like take in your, your company and do a, a partnership with them. So that, yeah, that, that's the thing. It was, uh, it was, sorry to interrupt. I was just saying it was, it was not even, um, it's not even a partnership. It was almost just like you're, you need a tutor here's the website like give the parent the website and it was almost mm. like it turned into a partnership later on but at first it was kind of just filling this need that some of the administrators had that they just had no way to 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 find private tutors when they were requested so right now in, in like in those schools like let's say is it hot like if a student i don't know is struggling in a class and they go up to their teacher would they recommend them to go to your company is that basically how it works not not necessarily it's not um it's not like uh, jazz tutors is the which is the name of the company jazz tutors is the sole provider of tutors to herzalia which is the the school you were mentioning which is like one of the main mm-hmm. schools that we work with it's kind of just you know the vice principal knows me the vice principals know me mm-hmm. a lot of the teachers know me and referrals through parents know me and know the website and so um it's more a parent says, oh, my kid needs a tutor. They go to the teacher. Maybe the teacher refers. Maybe they don't. They go to the student services. Maybe the student services. Maybe they don't. And then they ask the parents around. And one of those three mm. ways, my name or the website gets mentioned. And then they fill out the form and I get the notification that, you know, they're asking for a tutor. Um, and that's mm. the, how it is. So it's not like an exclusive partnership with the school. It's more of, you know, building relationships with the administrators mm. and teachers at different schools. Okay, so it's mostly like uh, word of mouth and things like that. Yeah, yeah word of mouth, referral based, and a bit of advertising as well. Okay, and what what, uh, what kind of like advertising do you do? Uh, it's it's been a bit of you know Facebook and Instagram advertising, but if I'm going to be honest, um, most of it has been through referrals. Like a huge portion of the clients, like parents that contact me, they said, "Yeah, my friend," or you know, "Yeah, my friend's friend mm-hmm. uh, had had one of your tutors." Uh, and then also, you know, I've I've shown up to open houses with booths. I, I've I've uh, been in the newsletters of high schools. So uh, it's a lot of like uh, relationship management, customer relationship management, mm. rather than putting it on social media. Because you know, parents are not super active on social media anyway. I use social media more mm. if I'm trying to hire rather than trying to get clients. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's a, a good lesson also that people listening could use that you should know your your target audience. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And um, also, would you say that you're more of an entrepreneur who would be able to start many successful businesses like on top of this one? Or would you say more that you just felt passionate about your particular business and you're going to stick with with this? It definitely came out of, you know, some form of idea or passion rather than a goal to start a business. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd say it's more like this one really stuck with me. It has opened my eyes to like what it's like to run a business is whether that's something I'd want to do, you know, full time or if I'd want to start another one. But but uh, yeah, it really came out of circumstance rather than, you know, a, a drive to become, you know, as you said, like an entrepreneur or anything like that. 
Mm. Yeah, because I think that a lot of the the businesses that are the most successful are from people who have a passion about that specific business, rather than them from day one trying to make a profit. Right, like if you look at Tesla and uh, Apple, like a lot of the, maybe now they're they're very profit oriented, but like in the early days, I definitely don't think they woke up and said, "What can I do to make money." Right. Well, yeah. At the end of the day, what what the business at the end of the day it starts is that it, it serves serves you know some purpose, and and with that usually comes some passion because, um, you know you you have to have some some reason to to start. I, I would think that's you know not that's much more than trying to make mm-hmm. money. Yeah, I mean, probably not everyone does that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it probably works out better if you do have a passion, though. I agree. <laughs> and um, what do you think you did uh, that made your business ended end up succeeding, unlike so many other ones, right? Because I think I don't remember the exact statistics, but it's pretty depressing when you look at like uh, new businesses and startups. The percentage of them that end up, you know, even just existing like five years down the road is pretty small. So what what do you think you did that separated yourself from all of those? Well, it's definitely still a small business, and I think we're we're hitting the fourth or fifth year now. But you're right; like it is still still operating, and and I think um, and it's growing, obviously. And you know, every year is is really exciting. And and what I think there are two things that I think it that uh, two pieces of advice that I got. I think starting early on that really really um, that really hit home, and I think I've carried through. Uh, the first one is is uh, to to kind of b- believe in yourself a bit and not and not take all the advice around you. So, mm-hmm. for example, like a lot of my close friends, like didn't really believe that I would make anything out of this. I mean, I was sitting there in the library making a website for a freaking tutoring business with zero clients and no <laughs> no partnerships of anything anywhere. All I had was a website, and you know, my friends didn't like. They tell me now, like, yeah, I didn't think you that would do anything. Like, you were sitting there doing what, you know? And so I I, I think I don't remember who it was, but you know, I had a couple of really close, close friends, like one or two who, you know, were, were encouraging me to keep going and who were, you know, excited for me. And so that was one thing. And, and also in that light to not necessarily get too influenced by a lot of opinions. So like one of the big thing of the business is that it's, it's pretty low prices for the parents, which was one of the values mm-hmm. uh, of, of the business was to provide affordable tutoring. And a lot of people told me to increase the prices. And a lot of people told me because, you know, tutors mm-hmm. these days, especially private tutoring that they don't have a business, you know, just them. I mean, they can make upwards of $50 an hour uh, with some mm-hmm. parents, you know, something ridiculous, but I, I really like didn't believe in that. Uh, so the first one would be, yeah, like I said, you know, to just believe in what you're doing and to keep doing it. And the second one uh, was my uncle, who's an accountant, and, and I was kind of talking to him about the business early on. And he said, you know, re- really, it's good not to be greedy. Um, mm-hmm. Do it ethically, do it nicely, do it honestly, you know, do it with morals and and it'll pay off in the future. And, you know, especially at the beginning of the business, like I took barely any commission off, off the hours of the tutors and I kept the prices low, like I said. Obviously now I've been able to increase it more because the prices were able to go up a bit and uh, build, more, you know, a bigger client base. Um, but still now, like to this day, like, you know, I've increased some, often I'll increase prices, but not increase my, my commission uh, just to serve the tutors or, or if not increased prices just to serve the parents and and i think like not being greedy was was a surprisingly very helpful uh piece of advice that helped my specific business i don't know if that's mm-hmm. like for every business but for mine i felt like that was 
it created a, a, a good like structure that was able to move forward. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great though, because I, I could definitely tell when a business like is extremely greedy. And what I usually do is I stop giving them my business when that happens. Like there, there is a gym near my house that I started going to and all that they kept increasing prices. And now there's not even an employee that works there. So they just like, you have to scan with an app. I, honestly, I don't want to say, I, I don't really want to publicly bash a company. Okay. But <laughs> I could text it to you later, but <laughs> um, so now there's not even employees. You have to scan with an app to get in and there's like video surveillance and that's it. And like, I stopped going there. Like I didn't renew my membership because I'm just like, they're cutting costs so much to try to make any little cent that they can to the point where it's ridiculous. You know, like if you want to renew your membership, there's not no one even there. So you have to call a number and then someone would have to drive from their house to meet you there just to take the payment. Or what if you get injured, you know, and then no one can even help you. Like it, it's so, I feel like it should be illegal. I don't So like companies like that, I, I have very little respect for. And so I, I really like uh, your approach. That's probably why it's it's pretty successful. Well, that's that's unbelievable that there's not one employee <laughs> at the gym. <laughs> that's just not safe. That's uh, no. That's 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 crazy. I find I don't know that they should be shut down. And you're gonna tell me what the gym? Is. <laughs> I think I think I know what the gym you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see after this. <laughs> But I don't want you know them to send a lawyer after me, so I'd yeah, rather not say good, their yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, if they can't even pay for someone to be at the front desk, I don't know if they could afford lawyers. But I'd rather yeah, not uh, take a chance. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Keep it safe. Yeah, and um, for also, you were talking before about advertising and marketing. Um, but what do you? I guess more generally, like if someone wants to start their own business, do you have any marketing tips that that you, you would say that they should follow? Because marketing, in my opinion, is like the hardest part of a business because I've, I've tried to do businesses in the past and that is always like the biggest hurdle, right? Is like marketing to find clients and things like that. So do you have any uh, tips for that? Well, I can't give tips on, on, uh, traditional kind of marketing and you know basic you know I don't know business skill because I myself like I'm learning as I go I didn't start this with any business experience and I still have a very minimal except for the actual business itself and um, the marketing that I've done in terms of just regular kind of marketing on Facebook Instagram is not necessarily like it's a very minimal portion of the kind of marketing I do what I can speak to is referrals which has been you know 95% of where I get clients from is through referrals and I think and if, you, if you're running a business that is referral-based, which is not every business, right? But a lot of them are. And if you run a business that's referral-based, you just got to make sure that your product is, is good. Is good Because if you if you give a good service, then the, the person will refer, especially if you're providing something that people need. So, you know, if you're mm. providing tutors, which is especially affordable tutors, which is a thing a lot of parents need, and one parent has a tutor that, you know, works well, and, and the kid enjoys it and they, you know, perform better in school over time and they, they've learned study skills and whatnot. Then next time that moms are eating brunch uh, and the mom says, oh, my kid's, you know, flunking math, I can't find a tutor. That parent will refer because the service was good for them. So 
um, they'll, uh, there'll be a reason for them to do that. So in terms of referrals, um, there's like referral incentives, you know, you can provide discounts for people who provide referrals. I've never done that. Uh, all I tried to do was really make sure the service was as good as possible. And so far that's, mm -hmm. that's been the best way. And also because, right, you said that maybe in the beginning you were, you're one of the only people, but now, well, yeah, let me ask you, how many uh, people do you have now that are tutors? Well, it really, really varies. Like it varies, varies a lot. Like if, if you're in low season, it cannot be many in high season. You can have, you know, even 15 to 20 sometimes working tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, it's more of like, I don't have any employees. It's, it's subcontractors. So it's a bit of a different business okay. model where uh, it's, a, it's uh, like I said, the matchmaking process where a parent mm -hmm. uh, will require a tutor and I'll have my database of tutors. And, you know, at this point I'm actually lacking a bit of tutors. So I'll have my database of parents. And as soon as I can find some, some match, I'll make it happen. And then that tutor will get, will sign a contract and will, will be hired for the year. Um, mm. But um, yeah, so it really, really varies. But in terms of the administrative work, uh, and whatnot it's it's all on me for now i haven't hired anyone for that it's it's all subcontractors for the tutors um and yeah that's that's basically like you can think of it as like a plumbing company right like a plumbing company probably only has a couple of administrators at the top and then they they subcontract other plumbers mm. and and those other plumbers will kind of like they even might even set their own prices but they'll be under some bigger you know name uh and uh they'll go do their services and have their client base and then a part of it or the commission will go to the to their you know, manager or the person mm -hmm. who was able to provide them the clients. So it's not like employees, like at a restaurant, it's, it's a bit of a different. Uh, business yeah. Plan. Yeah. But the, the subcontractors or the, like the, the tutors that you do have on your database, right. Cause you were saying that you want to always make sure that the product is good for the, the referrals, but how, like, how do you go about making sure that the product is good when most of the time you're not in the room, right. When you're, you're choosing tutors and it's just them and, and the client. So that's like, that's probably, you're touching upon one of the big, biggest uh, difficulties in running it. So I've been pretty successful so far in just hiring people that through almost word of mouth uh, regarding the, 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 the subcontractors, like either people I know or people I know who have friends who they know uh, because you know, if you're, if you're in, as a student myself, like I know, I can know a lot of students and students know a lot of students. And that's kind of the, the, the hiring is done among young, young adults, Sage up and university students. So, so far that's been good. Like if it's someone I know and I, I can attest to them, then, then I, I give them, I can, I know them. I don't even need, need to interview them as long as I know they're on board and I, and I get enough information on the kid, I can try to make it work. Um, but in terms of the tutors, let's say that I don't know, because I do do interviews, uh, uh, like, uh, for example, I interviewed you, right, uh, for a position, mm -hmm. and you're, you're on my database at, at this very moment, and I was going to talk to oh, you. Oh, still? Of course, I was going to literally talk to you after oh. this, this podcast about providing <laughs> you a client. I just, um, I completely forgot, because I just got a request for something. I was going to touch on that in a second, as to how many tutors you need in the database to make it work, because... Uh, I'm going a bit off topic here, but you were saying that uh, how do you make sure that it's a good product? Well, you need to make sure that the match is the right match because having the conversation with either the parent or the tutor that it didn't work, either the parent firing the tutor or the tutor not liking the parent and having to talk to the parent about that, like it, it's a very difficult thing that I've had to do mm -hmm. once in a blue moon and, and I really like try to avoid it. So I need to have, a, you know, triple, quadruple the amount of tutors that I have working 
in the database because I need to make sure that the location is close to the parent if it's if it's uh, in person. I need to make sure that the personalities match, that the type of of uh, material that's being tutored is is possible. Like, because I know you tutor like physics and math. Well, if the kid needs English, mm-hmm. you know that doesn't work. And then also I try to match alumni as much as possible. So I want someone who's at Hertzley to have a Hertzley alumni as much as I can. Uh, and then uh, finally, you also want their schedules to match. So if a, if a tutor's available Saturdays and Sundays and the parent wants Mondays, Wednesdays, well, it doesn't work. So in order mm-hmm. to sum it up, in order you know, to make sure that the service is good, I need to know the tutors as well as I can. I'll do an interview and get to know them if I don't. And I also need to make sure that the matchmaking is pretty careful, that I really need to make sure that it's it's the right right fit uh, as before it uh, I provide the tutor to the parent. Mm. And so far, would you, would you say that the, the matchmaking has been going well? Yes, yes. Uh, so far, it's been good. I mean, there's always the exception to the rule. Like, there's the exception where, where something doesn't work out and I'll have to provide, you know, a different tutor or uh, the tutor will request for a different client. Um, but overall, it, it's been good. Uh, I, I think the most important thing is is to I ask the parents about their kid, uh, and I get to know the personalities of the tutors because a lot of a lot of tutoring has to do with you know that that kind of unspoken chemistry as to whether you know they they, mm-hmm. they work well together. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, it's pretty it's pretty cool though that that has been going well because I'm sure it's not uh, very easy. Right, yeah, I think right, uh, when you get yeah. No, go ahead. What you were saying? Yeah, like if you get a, a request and right, you have like where you said like thirty people in your database. I'm sure it's not you know so easy to just say oh like this should go to Matthew or this you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's that's one of the biggest difficulties right now. Like I'm sure you were going to ask that at some point. Like you you were telling me you're probably going to ask uh, like what. Uh, mm-hmm. What are the challenges? I mean, I think every business right now is facing mm-hmm. hiring challenges. You know, so I'm I'm very blessed to have like a lot lot of requests, but uh, it's it's hard to find enough tutors because like like you were saying, you know, I, I really have to make sure that the, it's the right match. Yeah, and yeah, it's also really tough right now because uh, with inflation and all that, a lot of people their their budgets are a lot more limited, right? So, like, I'm sure if if you compare to like you know prior to March 2020 it was probably way, way easier to find people because right? people had more you know, like uh, spending power and things like that. And now ever since inflation, I'm sure it's, it's a lot more of a challenge. It's actually more of the other way around. Like parents will still hire tutors because, you know, at the end of the day, the parent, like if the kid needs a tutor, they need it and they'll, they'll find space in the budget. And like I said, like the prices have stayed pretty low. The problem is, is with the inflation is finding tutors. Um, one, because I'm now in university and my contacts are mostly university now. So finding stage up tutors is more difficult. And second, because uh, people either need to work for a lot more money or they just, mm-hmm. uh, there's just a, an employment shortage in general. Like you could ask any business now, like uh, there's lacking employees, like, you know, Air Canada, for example, is is completely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely. I saw that when I when I was at the airport like a month ago, for sure. Yeah, you're scared. You can definitely see that. I'm traveling in a week, so it better be fine. I'm not uh, trying to get stuck. Well, what I could recommend is um, try not to bring in a checked-in bag if possible, and try to you know do all your documents and everything beforehand, because if 
basically you'll know right away if you get it says your boarding pass with like a green check like your health documents are approved then you could go straight and you only bring a carry-on you could go straight through security but if there's any little issue like you're bringing in a checked in bag or you the place needs three doses and you have two doses so you have to do a rapid antigen test or like there's so many you know things that could what or they don't recognize your qr code or so many different things and you're gonna have to wait in a very 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 long line that might that'll stress you out like crazy so okay, it's, it's it's noted that i'm gonna prepare for that all because yeah. <laughs> i would not like that to happen that sounds very stressful yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so um so you were saying that right now it's harder to find actual tutors and clients because of inflation well tutors more than clients clients has been thankfully still good right. it's uh tutors yeah and you're saying that you think because because of inflation that that the the tutors are finding it harder to i guess like to like to sustain themselves with that money that comes from tutoring and they have to look elsewhere yeah because tutoring is a very part-time job first of all yeah yeah. Uh, like some tutoring is only one to two hours per week um -hmm. and second of all because you know a tutor can make more if they if they work on their own, because obviously if you find your own client base, you don't, you know, you need to work for a service and, and you don't have to have the whole commission issue as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't uh, definitely like the unemployment issue, like regardless of inflation is the biggest thing right now. Like there's not unemployment, sorry, the shortage of of, of, uh, mm-hmm. of employees overall, but yes, also inflation wise, like people are looking for more like longer hours. I don't think uh, okay. you can always provide, uh, and the tutoring hours yeah. are also very weird. Like if uh, with the scheduling is very difficult sometimes to match among clients and tutors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, like I'm sure tutoring is like has extreme highs and extreme lows, right? Like I'm sure in you know like May and June, it's crazy, right? Because everyone's preparing for finals, but in I don't know, like the first month of school when no one has a single test or anything, maybe not so much, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I'll be lucky to have three three tutors working in the summer um, mm-hmm. for, you know, students who failed exams or, or uh, who are doing homeschooling. But, um, but yeah, as soon as, not August, August is somewhat of a surge. The biggest surge is uh, first report cards, which is like October. Parents mm-hmm. uh, get home. <laughs> the kid walks into the walks to the kitchen. Says, "Mom, I got to show you something." Shows a report card. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, kids going into sec three or four, uh, you know, grade nine or ten, and the grades really matter there. Uh, and then that's like the biggest surge. And like you said, before finals as well, um, mm-hmm. is also a big surge. Yeah, and uh, so kind of on a different note. Um, what personality traits would you say are necessary, like in general, to be a successful uh, business owner or an entrepreneur? I think um, I think touching a bit on what I was saying before, um, one important thing is is to know like you know your values and kind of stick to them, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it gives your business direction. So you know, if someone is you know working in a business for for profit right and so that's their their mindset that's their goal and that's how they orient their business I, I feel like that can be relatively successful as well um if that's you know their direction but if you have your values of like with the ones that i believe in which is like you know like not being greedy which is providing a good service which is 
you know, meeting people's needs, um, and which is being kind, obviously. Um, I think that that will orient your business in, in a good way. And, and especially for a referral-based business, it's very important to have good word of mouth on, on what you're doing. So, so every like client matters, right? So every, every situation and service and good and bad situation have an impact on the business. And um, mm-hmm. another important thing I think is uh, uh, that a person needs to have is like belief in themselves again. Like you'd be so surprised how many people that are close to you that just don't think it's going to work. And it's not mm-hmm. like it's not something that you should take in as a, as an insult. It's, it's just kind of the reality of how things are. You know, people have their opinions and, and they're, and anyone I know started a business. Like I know a couple people started businesses, like they face the exact same thing. It's, and it's not hate or, you know, like screw the haters or, or whatever, not it's more mm-hmm. just like, okay, you need to stick with what you believe in and, and people will see later on that, that it was worth it. Um, and a final thing is definitely uh, to have just uh, good communication skills all, across the board is, is beyond helpful, like especially for customer relations, you know, to have those difficult conversations that you need to have to, to, to hire, to, to, to do marketing, to, to talk to administrators and build relationships. I mean, you, all, you need communication skills. You need to be able to sell yourself and sell your business um, and sell, you know, why is it that what you're doing is worth it. Mm. Yeah. Also, I agree also with uh, the communication because uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of the times like uh, it's a huge, I don't know like if like turn off is the right word, but it's, it's a huge, like, uh, I don't know, like it doesn't look good on the, the company when let's say you have a, a bad, you leave a bad review on, on Google. Like, let's say it's a restaurant and you're like, you know, uh, my food, took a really long time and it was overcooked or something like that. And then you see, you know, some restaurants will respond like, I'm so sorry to hear like, you know, like you could call us and we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll give you a free meal or something. And then sometimes you see like, what, you know, like how dare you say that our food is amazing. Like you're an idiot, you know, like never come back. So <laughs> the thing is when, when you act like those people, it's you kind of see that and you're like, I don't know if I want to deal with these people. You know, it doesn't really look too good on them. Yeah, no, I have seen that before and there's no way I'm going to that restaurant. If I, if I see that, uh, that reaction on, on the Google reviews yeah. and it actually, uh, you know, it's a very typical like business saying it's, 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 you know, you have to sell yourself as well. And you have to, people have to want, you know, to, to be, you know, to take your service because they like you, you know, and they like, like what you stand for. So, uh, you know, the restaurant, like technically the restaurant food has nothing to do with, with how they talk to the customers, you know, technically it's, mm-hmm. it's just the food, you know, the chef can be as rude as they want, but, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, people want, people want to work with or, or receive a service from someone that they, 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 they have a, you know, they feel are genuine and they feel are, are kind. Like, I do think that's really important. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And um, I guess, do you have any tips in general for, for people that want to try to start a business that are maybe on the fence or they think it might not succeed or anything that, that they could use to their advantage? Just do it. I mean, just like, what's the worst that can happen? Or when I started it, there's no way I was thinking that, uh, like, you know, I knew it might not work. And, and mm-hmm. you know, created something for me. It's more than just, if you think of the business as, oh, I just want to make money, then, then you know, go and get a job. But if you're doing it for another reason as well, 
then even if you don't succeed in the actual business, you've, you've taken a lot out of it. So, you know, even if this business never ends up, you know, continuing or it stops for whatever reason, or I decide to not continue its operations, like I've still taken so much out of it. Like I've been able to tutor because I tutor myself as well. Like not just I hire, but I also tutor, mm-hmm. tutor a couple of clients and, I, and I've just learned so much, you know, about, about education, about, about tutoring with kids. I've met a lot of professionals in the field. I've worked in all kinds of different education domains. I've, you know, improved my teaching skills, which have translated to other areas of my life, like both personal and professional, like, uh, you know, like, just like the, the experience of learning how to teach is really helpful and just trying to empathize. And also you really have to learn how to empathize and understand what the kid is experiencing and thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So things like that, like, which is very specific to my business, but you're going to get a lot out of the business. That's not just the potential money from it. Um, so if someone is, you know, on the fence of, of starting a business, uh, just do it. I mean, prepare the whole thing. Here's my advice. <laughs> advice. Prepare the whole thing as if it's a huge business and you have zero clients. Prepared all draft agreements, documents, you know, templates, website, everything. You make this nice little package. And then as soon as you do get a client or you offer it, then it seems really bigger than it is. And it seems mm-hmm. really great. And, and and it's all set up for you so that once things do start rolling, it's it's all it's all there. And you're able to just, you know, uh, function with it. Because a lot of a lot of businesses struggle to grow because they start off, you know, mm-hmm. not complete. So, you know, do, do it all. Like there's no, you know, time is money, but at the same time, like waste your time, like do it all, like (laughs) give it your best shot. You know, I really think that's worth it. Mm. And uh, I guess to, uh, to end it off, I mean, we kind of spoke a tiny bit about ethics, but, but the thing is like, um, you know, like sometimes it's hard to, to balance doing well, like as a business, and getting the best financial situation as possible while sticking to your ethics, right? So, so how, how do you go about like balancing, right? Cause sometimes you might say like, you know, if I do this, you know, maybe I'll be able to take clients from this company, or if I do this, maybe I'll get more profit or, you know, things like that. But then the other side of your brain is telling you like, you shouldn't do that. That's wrong. Right. So so how do you go about like balancing between those two? It's a really good point. I think to like, it's worth bringing up because I think it's something most business owners probably experience. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, I'd say firstly is, is to stick to your, whatever values you have and because you'll feel better about it. Uh, and the second thing is um, choosing the right, you know, value decision will improve the business output anyway, you know, making that, if the the decision to increase profit is in contradiction with a value of yours, it's likely not going to increase profit long-term. So if let's say I decided to increase my commission, like let's say I decided to double my commission or something like this year, I had to increase prices. Let's say I decided to increase commission along with prices, which I didn't, which was like a big decision I had to make. It would be likely that I'd I'd be able to hire less tutors because the tutors would be making a bit less. um, And I wouldn't get more clients because the price would stay the same. Or I'd increase the price and then I'd get less clients. And at the end of the day, like the volume of, of tutoring would be lower and I'd probably still end up making less money, even though I've tried to increase my commission. So I really think that like good values will kind of go hand in hand with the business functioning, especially if it's a referral based business and especially if it's a service, because for those kinds of businesses, it's all about the relationships you build with people. 
and you need to have good values yeah. and, and, you know, stick to what you believe in, in order for that to work well. Yeah, I, I agree with that also. Like another example I could think of also is like, if you look at, you know, when you're returning something, that there, there's some places that kind of accept that their profits might be lower, but they would rather the customer have a better experience, right? Like Amazon is known for being very generous. Like if you tell them, you know, like I bought this and it's not working. And most of the time they'll just say like, it's fine. We'll give you another one or we'll give you a refund or something like that. Uh, but then there's a lot of businesses that even you could go in with the receipt and you could show it, you know, like to five different employees and, and this and that, and they'll give you so much trouble and you'll be there for hours to maybe get a refund or a store credit. So the thing is like, even though the places that make it harder might technically make more profit, like it's not really a company that probably has a better image long-term. Well, I really like that example. It actually re- resonates with me because uh, I ordered like a, a TV off Amazon and it just never showed up. I don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. Not at my doorstep. <laughs> I, I message Amazon. I say, hey, like I didn't get the TV. They didn't check for proof. Nothing. They sent me a new one immediately. And mm-hmm. you know, TV is a very expensive item. Uh, and I could have, you know, been lying or whatever, like, or they could have even asked me like for specific proof or whatnot. And like, obviously I was, and like, I really didn't have the TV. I have no idea where it was. It, it said delivered, but it was not at my doorstep. It wasn't in the lobby, nothing. Um, but um, it just, it, they just sent a new one. And it was like, I was like, wow, like, you know, it's a good service, which, which, you know, is, uh, I, I think that's a really good example of what I was talking about. Yeah. So I guess to, uh, let's say to end it off on like a, a good message. I guess we could sum it up by saying, uh, you know, like st- uh, stick to your values and be nice to people, and you have a better chance of doing well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very fair, fairy tale message, but but I think uh, I think that's been the theme of this of this uh, podcast today, and I think I think it's uh, it's really good, and I think you know you you do that on your podcast. I mean, I've listened to. I think two of them uh, as of now, and, and you, you know, you're super nice. I don't see you uh, cussing out <laughs> any of the any of the, the people. Not that you would, but, but uh, that's a really bad example. But uh, no, I think uh, <laughs> I think like I, I can tell. I can tell that you also. I don't know. Sometimes you get a sense of someone that they also like, you know, do things because they're passionate about it as well. Mm-hmm. And like your podcast seems to be something that you're really passionate about, and. Uh, you know, I just wanted to, to give you a quick uh, shout out there and just say that. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Keep doing it because uh, it's really cool to see like people I know be on the podcast. And also, you know, I'm super grateful to, to have you like invite me here today. And it's it's really cool to be able to talk about this stuff uh, without uh, forcing my, my family and friends to listen to me talk about it. So <laughs> it's been uh, it's been super nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. I know I definitely am passionate about this. I, I did not do this to get profit or anything like that. Right? Like I, I really enjoy the podcast. So, and, and it is going pretty well. Like I have a lot of listeners from all around the world, actually. Like today really? I was actually making a list. Yeah. Of all the cities where people listen and it's like Uzbekistan is there and somewhere in Kansas and like so many weird places, but it, it's, it's crazy. So I am, I'm very grateful for that. And I guess maybe, yeah, yeah. and I I guess part of it is because I am passionate and it doesn't feel like a money grab or anything like that. 
well, yeah, you're putting out like really, really interesting and like genuine content. And you, you gotta let that sink in a bit. Some, some random person in Kansas listen to, listen to your podcast. Like that, that's huge. Like that's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that, that you took the time uh, to be on the show tonight. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Benelli. Um, <laughs> uh, till next time, I guess. Yeah.